Welcome to Your Own Words, a podcast that celebrates the love of reading with real people and real books, both critically acclaimed and slated. Listeners are encouraged to read along and join the journey to the libraries of friends newly discovered. This podcast may contain spoilers, feminist rants, curse words and mispronunciations of names, cities and more. Episode three, three of season two. two. Cool. That that's, was, that's it. That was good. That's that was the a new nice. theme song. <laughs> three. Yeah. Um, it's not very good. <laughs> I've forgotten it already. Okay, cool. How okay. are you? Uh, how am I today? I am good. I am about to move. By the time this airs, I will have moved. So yeah. hopefully I will be in how a much better state. How was the move? The move was great. <laughs> yeah. It was really just It's about seamless. envisaging and stepping into I'm your future self. I'm manifesting it now right, cool. to be... A just seamless, yeah, stress-free, really well. cash move. Awesome. Like, I'm so happy for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm really happy for me, too. <laughs> Welcome to your new home, future Allison. <laughs> no, this just got weird. Just? just. Nah, it's been weird for a while. Uh-huh. Ugh, I can't speak. I'm very tired. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, it's lucky that our amazing guest today I brought you the largest coffee I've ever seen. All of the coffee, because I should have been allowed coffee this morning, but someone told me not to. I told you our amazingly generous, lovely guest had insisted on bringing you coffee, and mm-hmm. thus not to. I had a coffee this morning. <gasps> you had. You told me I wasn't allowed to have coffee, and you had coffee. I mean, I just told you not to over caffeinate. I think. Ugh. You. You, you said. A- you said don't caffeinate. I remember. All words around caffeination. You said don't caffeinate. And as you know, I do what you say. <laughs> so you do. I really should. I'm very stuck to the rules there. Oh and there you are, swanning about, having coffee. Wow. I feel like very hard to trust listeners you right are now. going to begin to think that I like keep you in a cage slash it's dark more podcast of a studio. <laughs> <laughs> and don't allow you any autonomy. <laughs> You are allowed to do whatever you want. Am I? As long as you show up to podcasts. Okay, cool. As long. (laughs) (laughs) Within the confines of this thing. Cool. And how are you? Other than really mad at me. I'm I'm tired (laughs) and mad at you. Um, And uh, what was the other one? Tired. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, I'm I'm very well. Good. Um, Yeah, I'm very excited about the Irish election today which by the time this comes out will be old news. And what happened? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's manifest. Um, Sinn Féin won a majority, which is crazy because they didn't even run enough candidates to win a majority. Wow. It's all, the future is mad, people. Yeah. Crazy. So my granny's very excited about it. Oh, bless. Uh, oh, I do want to touch on one thing that we spoke about in episode one. <laughs> and now this is episode three. Uh, Queenie is awesome. Thank Dear you, listeners. Queenie, Queenie. Would Queenie. anyone like to choose Please. Queenie as a book that really impacted them? Please come and talk to us about this book because it's impacted us. Yeah. And we need someone else to be impacted so we can impact together. I love this book. Yeah. Worst case scenario, if you don't choose it, maybe we can do. We'll like just a, do it anyway. We'll do like a we'll little just, bonus episode we'll for patrons only. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I love that book. So, so much. I'm so glad that you love it. Walked by foils on the way here, and there's a massive queenie, like, full window display. And I yeah. like, took a picture and sent it to Beck and was like, there's our girl. Lots, lots. Yeah. <laughs> so much love for so white. Candice Cardi Williams. Yeah. Amazing. I got that right, right? You did. Cool. I love her. I She's, love it. Yeah. I'm like, so Can you come on the it. podcast? Yeah. Hey, Candice. I know you're just in Brixton. It's not that far. And also, the gentrification down there is insane. Yeah. 
I totally agree with that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's a different book for a different time. Yeah. So please yeah. somebody choose that one. That, otherwise. That's definitely, it's going to be hard to beat that as one of my favorite books of, of the year. It's just, it's a joy. It is a joy for read people. I recommend it. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into today's Should episode? Actually Let's talk about in. the book that we're... Let's dive in. Oh, you didn't. To, oh, to... she did. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll see why that's a pun yeah. in a moment. Well uh, done. I you. know that you feel proud of that. Puns, I segues. think other people should as well. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> so, today's book is by a gent called Alex Garland. Uh, Alex Garland is an English writer and filmmaker. His first novel, The Beach which we are talking about today. Hence diving. Hence diving. Uh, Became a cult classic uh, and led some critics to call him a key voice of Generation X. The Beach has been translated into 25 different languages and sold close to 700,000 copies by the start of 1999. Garland followed this up with books The Tesseract in 1998 and The Coma in 2004. Uh, His film career saw him find wild success again, having written 28 Days Later and later writing and directing Ex Machina, which was nominated for several awards, including an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. His miniseries Devs, about the mysterious ongoings at a tech company, is set to premiere this spring, I believe this very month of March (laughs) that we are in. Um, I had no idea. He's like a crazy filmmaker. Basically, the... British English Douglas Copeland? No. No? Okay, sorry. I just just because you saw the Generation X does not mean Douglas Copeland. Sorry. Uh, moving right along, you had trouble finding a synopsis for yeah, this. Yeah, there were like really bad or no synopsopods everywhere. And Weird. even with our favorite Waterstones, who has really come through recently. Strange considering how much of a like, right, that's hit what this book is. I was confused by it. I found it. I was, I was trolling. And then I thought, what does the back of the book say? Oh, you're literally looking at the back of the book. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, uh, yeah. But that is better than the one I found. Anyway, I'm still going to do this Amazon one. Here goes, people. It's really a gripping synopsis. Well, well written by Amazon and tells you all the things you want to know. Are you ready? Mm. A rootless young Westerner believes he has stumbled upon paradise in a remote island of Thailand, a place known as the beach, until he discovers the deadly underside of the island's culture. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is the best synopsis I could find for this Listen, book. It's that a, is it. It's a cliffhanger. It's one sentence. <laughs> is it one? It is one it's sentence. It's one sentence. <laughs> well, come on, people. Sometimes you only there's a 20th sentence. anniversary edition, and you didn't think to do a new synopsis. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so you should be. I feel attacked. <laughs> All right, I'll introduce our guest because she's clearly desperate to get in on this like slanderous conversation <laughs> we're having. So our guest today, friend of the podcast Lucy Bristow, has always enjoyed reading. Uh, she is a forensic scientist in the area of fingerprints, a.k.a. what the fuck, coolest person ever, uh, soon to be a forensics quality manager. She considers herself easy to buy books for. Does someone die in questionable circumstances? Then it's probably a safe purchase. Uh, She is also a dog mom to Merlin the Sprocker. Follow him on Instagram. He's great. Uh, And a paid-up member of the Bowie My Dog Appreciation Society. Thank you for putting that in, Lucy. Uh, that's a little bit of a suck up to me, and I appreciate it. That's why I kept it in. My cats are also awesome. Just saying, Caspian Alina, shout yeah. out, love you. Okay. All pets are great. Please join their teams. They're not. There's, okay. <laughs> Lucy, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so tell us all about cadavers. No. <laughs> 
that's a different podcast. Oh, that's oh. a different podcast, and I, I, I have stories. Um, mm. Not for now. I have to stop myself because I think these conversations are normal, and I have to very much be aware that maybe Boxing Day buffet with all your family friends <laughs> is not the time to start talking about the last one that you went to. So <laughs> I have to rein it in. This sausage reminds me of a thumb I saw last week. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it happens. Um. <laughs> As someone who works in crime, yeah, <laughs> that's what I wrote, and I, I'm sticking to it. Um, obviously, you mentioned in your bio that you uh, you do love like a good murder mystery kind of book. Yeah. Do you find yourself like judging the way it's written, like, or looking for holes in the way they describe the forensic process? Not so much with books. I'm much no. more tolerant with books. Um, I used to have to go and watch CSI in a room by myself or get told to if I was going to watch it to watch it silently um, that still very much happens with Silent Witness uh, um, I mean don't even get me started that they're, they're, they're a forensic provider they would never get involved it's a pathology lab they would never do interview um, is it not accurate to real life? mm-mm Oh, no, no, all no. of my dreams are shattered. I also feel like she should be wearing some sort of hairnet. Oh, doing, that's the least of right? the issues. She's there with her like blow, freshly blow dried hair Just from lapping about would, over a cadaver. They would not get through their quality standards if they had to be accredited <laughs> with PPE and anti-contamination regulations like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're about to be a quality manager, so you're, you're just watching it like no. So it's the, the wrong first people, so many angles. First people you're taking down is Silent Witness. Yeah, you're going into the BBC and you're mm-hmm. like, you know what, BBC? Whilst you're cutting all news programs ever, do you know what might save you some money? Because this does not hit quality standards. <laughs> Send UCAS in there into the regulator. <laughs> so, so overall, books you'll forget. Books I'm way more tolerant of. I love that you haven't chosen a true crime novel either. Yeah. No. Why not? Is it because this was going to happen if you had? And you were like, better shut that down. <laughs> to be honest, true crime books, not so much of a reader of. Hmm. Um, because um, you have it. In I mean, life. I no, no. See, everyone says, is, is it because of that? No. I'm just not a huge nonfiction as a rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bad Blood. So good. Whoa. Yeah. Completely different. Cut the fish. Um. But no, nonfiction as a rule is not my genre. Um, you know, books where people die, generally, and case in point. Yeah. Um, is my thing. Uh, okay. My friends all joke that it's just all crime all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, to be fair. Did you get into being around dead people because you liked books where there were dead people? Okay. Oh yeah, I what was never the, actually which spent first? that much time around dead people, I would okay. just like to say. Fair. I, I s- haven't either, have you? <laughs> No, no time no. at all. I was not a scene to crime investigator. I was a fingerprint officer, so I did fingerprint comparisons first. My degree was in scene to crime. Moved to my police force as fingerprint officer, trainee, nine years there. And then into the fingerprint development lab, where I got to splash around with chemicals and make fingerprints appear from nowhere, which is like magic. So that, you know, certified the Harry Potter urges <laughs> that I had. Um, you know, magic potions, fingerprints appear. My, I think I got into forensics and I wanted to do that from a interest in archaeology when I was mm. really young. Time I team. love archaeology. 
Time Team started. Yes. Yes. Tony <laughs> Robinson. The Time Team in the ground. is the best programme that's ever been on TV. It love also revolutionised documentary. It really did. Honestly. <laughs> love Time Team. Alison's no face. You should just be able to I this literally, picture. I have watched every episode of every 16 series at least five times. My favourite. But... What's your favourite Time Team episode? Uh, I think it was the... Was it France they went to? Yeah. And there was a... I can't remember if it was a Spitfire, but there was some wartime plane yes. and it was virtually in, intact, intact in, in this field yeah, yeah. and they tried to lift have been it. disturbed and they tried to get it out and it was absolutely that fascinating it was almost like the mary rose being really yeah. lifted but i was old enough to actually realize what was going on that was an amazing episode <laughs> i mean it's it does best. sound very interesting but i have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about right now it's a documentary for the 90s it was like the first um they kind of took history documentaries and then kind of made it like an action thing. They went for three days to different sites, dug it up, found the archaeology, told the story, like, yeah. and then took it all over the country and were doing like digs in people's gardens. Like, it just completely yeah. changed documentary. It was like um, reality TV, but historical documentary. Like, they it, they just did a really yeah. interesting thing. Hmm. It was brilliant. It was amazing. So yeah. So it was. It was the the. I think it was one of the very first episodes. They were talking about the Vikings and people being hung, drawn, and quartered, and the blood eagle, spread eagle thing that they used to do. Mm-hmm. People with their rib cages and lungs and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, it was just fascinating. It. As I was like, I was hooked. So I went through kind of the rest of primary school. Secondary school, <laughs> fascinated with history, blood and, and guts. I thought it was amazing, and then I went through the rest of primary school. <laughs> but that was the thing; history was then kind of like my thing through primary school, and then as I got to secondary school, that somehow, at what point the tipping point was, I don't know. But at some point around the age sort of twelve, thirteen, I decided I wanted to be a scenes of crime officer. Um, and it was fascinated from there, and then CSI started. And everyone was like, "Oh, so she wants to do forensics because of CSI?" No, <laughs> time team. No, <laughs> and now it is on the record. <laughs> I wanted to do this case. before CSI came on the telly. <laughs> I'm ahead of the CSI event. <laughs> CSI's got nothing on me. <laughs> so did your did your kind of reading as you were young tie into that as well? Like, did you read a lot of like? Uh, horror novel like were you into Goosebumps were you into that or like what, what was your reading journey I did get into journey? point horror yeah I had a few of those when I was a teenager I remember having those I remember the boyfriend being oh, I can't, lost count of the number of times that I listened to that I listened to the Teen Creeps podcast episode on that the other day Walking the Dog nice. and it was it's just hilarious kind of reliving it but otherwise no horror no I've only just started reading Stephen King as you know Um, so but always kind of crime fiction-y kind of books. Cool. So like suspenseful thriller. Yeah. I remember reading a lot of The Worst Witch. I love The Worst Witch. Precursor to my Harry Potter yeah. obsession. Um, so there's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> I did love The Worst Witch. Yeah. Highly underrated. I yeah. like Mildred Hubble be- was my hero. She was amazing. But they were all girls. So I feel like no one cared. And then Harry Potter came and it was pretty much uh, the same story, but it was boys. Yeah. And it just blew up. <laughs> like, Typical. This is the worst witch. <laughs> Patriarchy, etc. Honestly, they start me young. I love Mildred Hubble. Book wise, yes. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite place to read? Are you like a commute reader? Are you like a before bed reader? Are you like a I have my favorite chair to read in? Uh, all of those. <laughs> um, I love reading on the train. The best thing is if I've got a meeting in Birmingham or London, I can just get on the train, get out my book, cracking. Excellent. It's the best thing I'm looking about forward to when I start my commute to London. 
going to be hitting the books on the train. Nice. I could read so many more books. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> uh, love reading in bed. How many pages I get through before I fall asleep? Questionable. Yeah. Um, issue with the Kindle, smack in the face. Never a hard back in bed. Mm-mm, sorry. The, the damage risk is just way too break. high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> this is foreshadowing that I am not appreciating. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Kindle in bed is the best because it's lit. Fair. Uh, it's just, you don't have to have any of the lights on, but it does mean the fall asleep rate is higher because you haven't got any of the lights on. Mm. Um, fall asleep then, rate is something people need to take into account with reading. Mm. It is difficult, yeah, because yeah. you're then you wonder like, how much did I actually retain? Cause yeah, I was like, yeah. I do sometimes. I, I've Leary. done that with audiobooks where I've half fallen oh, asleep, God. and I'm, I, I didn't. I fell asleep listening to, to podcasts. So. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what, if this was dream or <laughs> yeah literature. <laughs> <laughs> Could, Could be both. <laughs> Um, and then obviously sat on the sofa with, with my little Merlin. Merlin, who he he and books have a uh, he dark and books history. have a history of dark history. Oh, yes. No. Mm. Yeah. Don't hold this against him, Beck. No. He's a lovely dog. Does he eat them? He he yes. Oh. Uh, my copy of Shantaram, which I was very upset about because he decided to eat the last thirty pages. <gasps> um, <laughs> Best and the food. covers. Um, the worst bit being was I had literally fifty pages left to read, and he had this is the last thirty of them, and I had to buy a whole new copy. In fact, I made Mum buy me a whole new copy. Um, <laughs> I think Beck is about to cry. I'm so very um, emotional. So I could finish it. Oh, uh, no. Wolf Hall also took a beating. I was less distraught about that one because I really wasn't enjoying that book, and he at the front of that one. Um, Unfortunately, none of it that mattered. Just all the preface pages and the maps. Um, so I was like, oh, damn, I've still got to finish it then. Why would he do this? Because... He just likes paper and they were accessible and he could get to it. He'll also open your post if you leave it in the wrong place. <laughs> um, uh, we had... Oh, his mum and dad's National Trust membership cards turned up one day and we just the plastic cards and snow confetti. <laughs> One might say he devours literature. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Inserting, but I'm All four books. Because he did oh, also. Four. Uh, yeah, he also had a go at my Gerald Durrell hardback that I bought. He I'm did, sorry he, I couldn't finish this book. My dog ate it. No, you'll be fine, though. He, it was the dust cover he took off of that one. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, feed them to him. <laughs> He's redeemed himself there in that one. Yeah, Beck oh. is now a fan of Merlin again. Just, you should just. Give him all the dust covers and then he'll get away from the book and they can just, the point of them will be succeeded. All right. Speaking of dust covers, mm-hmm. let's just get to it. Beck, you can ask what the question. What is your favorite place to read? That's wrong, isn't it? Just um, I'll ask the question. Just, are you, do you want to know? I feel like you don't want to know. I feel uh, like I do know, but yeah. I forget. Are I you, literally forget. Which team? Are you on the correct team, Team Paper? Ah, <laughs> leading the witness. <laughs> your, um, your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> Team paper or team plinth, through your hardback or paperback? Oh, I'm sorry, Alison. I know this is really hard, and it took me. It's, it's, oh, I can't. I'm gonna have to give this paper. Your correct answer. Although I am also in that big wicker, which I know Beck is not a huge fan of, which is Team Kindle. Um, That's fine. And to answer your question from one of your earlier episodes. Does a Kindle survive a dip in a bar? Yes, <laughs> mine survived a dip in a paddling pool. Paddling pool, swimming pool in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> Why 
Wow. Um, okay. Just before the flight home. So he said, I didn't read, just in case it shorted out or something. On the, <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. falls out of sky due to Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, they do. They, they're, they're quite, get it out quick enough. That's interesting. Let it drain in that nice Indonesian sun. I can get a, I I can get my head around a Kindle for like reading in a bath or reading like when you know that kind of thing. I I can get my head around that for a specific what? space. Reading in a bath? You want to bring the electronic <laughs> device? <laughs> Sorry, you can get no, waterproof no, no. one now. I think oh, they okay. obviously Just heard like, my incident. <laughs> like the have one to hold thing. Like I, you, right. It's easy no to hold. Pages no pages. to turn with wet like, fingers. I can get the specific thing of that. It's easier to use. I, um, I mean, I read Brightside on my phone. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not against I read um, Super Crash on my phone. Did you? Yeah. A graphic novel. Oh, no, yeah. I couldn't do it on my phone. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah. I just, I don't. I had a Kindle once. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Bought it for me as a gift. And I was like, this is great. I just, yeah, I don't, it's not. A, I, 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 like, never used it. I'm really sorry, I like Dad. holding a book. I do yeah. like the I do. Like I, I rebelled. Mum and Dad had were the first in the family to get Kindles. Yeah. And they tried to get me into a Kindle for ages because they were getting sick of the pile of books that was ever growing. Yeah. And I was like, nope, it's not the same. I, I want 10 pages. Yeah. Yes. Have a book. I do, I do like physical that. book. And I rebelled against it for ages. And then I moved out and I was running out of space in my, you know, renting room. For books, I was like, okay, can you get me a Kindle for Christmas, please? <laughs> no, just get a bigger room. Yes. <laughs> yes. Although I, I say that, and I'm moving slash have moved as this is you the future. Ha- you have moved. Into technically a smaller flat. So I have no idea by I, this point what the situation will be with my books. Yeah, I have, I have run Parts out of shelves. I, I have no shelves left for books. I do need to buy some new shelves. Wait, have you, you had a rule going. I had my rule of not buying any new, having to read anything that I hadn't read that was in the sh- in my house. Yeah. Before I bought anything new. I've tried that because so many I've times, ran out it of doesn't space. happen. I think. I mean, I've given you books. You've, yeah. You've acquired books, but I've have acquired you bought? Books. I've obviously bought whatever we're doing. Yeah, that doesn't Coming count. up, so that doesn't count. And I had to buy those memoirs, but I had to do access research. So no, no, I haven't really. No. I thought your rule was you couldn't buy more books until you bought a new shelf. <laughs> I will soon be buying a new <laughs> shelf. Thank you for putting my shelves up, Mike. Thanks, Mike. He doesn't know he's doing this. We're not talking at the moment, so this will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Put up my shelves. That's Get out a whole of my other house. story. <laughs> All right, she's team paper. It's so fine. Are, are we, I did I... buy a plinth the other day. I, it's okay. You don't have to... People get really I, upset, <laughs> disappointing me. I was I'm talking so to, to someone who works in publishing the other day, and she was saying, um, apparently, people reviewers will not review unless it's a plinth. Like they won't, won't review paper. That's one of the reasons so that, that should be my job. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons they bring out plinths first because reviewers demand them. We definitely need a guest that works in publishing to give yeah. us the answers on like the history. I want to do yeah. a special episode on like the history of paper versus plinth. <laughs> Yeah. Why? What are the reasons? Yeah. What? what Why like, do we still have plinth books? That no. kind of thing. What is the timeline like between when one is released versus the other? Like, yeah. I want to know. I want to yeah. know. Man. I, I always wondered why they come out in hardback and there's such a delay. Well, yeah. The apparently, it is to do with the reviewee thing. But I genuinely, I sent you a picture the other day. I had to read these two memoirs, both of which were plinth, and I was trying to hold it, and I, my my wrist hurt. And Alison had bought me a plinth. Yes. <laughs> To use, I and I legitimately used it. I put the book 
on it and I was sat back I was just like turning the pages it was really enjoyable it was great it's, liter- the- it's literally like a wrought iron cookbook <laughs> yeah. holder yes you sent me yeah. pictures oh yeah I did it yeah. yeah it's great it's like, the perfect present I used it and it, it was a much more enjoyable read my hands didn't hurt I was relaxed I have to work on the height balancing because my neck got a little strained at one point but I, I legitimately held up my hardback with a plinth I need to get myself one <laughs> you can just sit back and like get a stick like a long cigarello <laughs> thing <laughs> <laughs> a glass of Merlot Some and tongs. a cigarette and just like whoop. this sounds yeah. like my dream life no I, I want to do that in my new clawfoot tub <laughs> yeah. where I intend to do all of just my just have it on reading. the side yeah. and just flick it from the other end um okay so oddly I'm I'm baffled I'm, I have been looking forward to this day because I am deeply confused <clears throat> as to the book you've chosen agreed <laughs> <laughs> not because it's a bad book. No. Not, but because it, for me, I was expecting a sort of, thr- I mean, I guess it is sort of a it thriller. It kind of is, yeah. It's just a bizarre, I don't even know what I'm not sure what this, this book in. is. <laughs> we have no idea. We were Googling after you read. We were like, so just like, do you know what, because I finished it ages ago and I was waiting for you to finish it so that she could explain to me what this book was. I was just texting <laughs> Lucy like, what the fuck? And then she's like, so you finished it then? <laughs> <laughs> The Beach by Alex Garland. Now, obviously, we got a very brief synopsis. I would love to hear. Yeah, please. In your own words. Sorry. Uh, You're really into doing that at the moment. It's, but it's, it's a it's season so two thing. Okay. She's nailed it every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she only just realized, oh, we don't get it at all in season one. <laughs> so, oh, it's up. like, that's the name of the podcast. And that's what I'm asking someone to do. Segway. What is this book about? <laughs> just okay not no but it, it, you need to what this book about because the synopsis doesn't really help the synopsis it does is it. Awful. so for people listening that have not read this book or maybe have just seen the film oh, mm. which we actually didn't get a chance to watch yeah watched okay. it. so what's this book about so the beach is about the main character is richard he's a guy in his 20s he's basically like on his gap year kind of he's traveling he goes to he hits thailand um, and what he sees on the Karasan Road is kind of like a lot of what I was hearing when a lot of my friends were planning their gap years and stuff and everyone was planning on doing the same thing everyone was like we're going to go to Bangkok we're going to go to Koh Samui we're going to go and do this and like, you're all doing the same stuff and and that was the thing when I started reading the book I so I read this after I finished my GCSEs on a family holiday in Greece felt really grown up because it's kind of like my first grown up everyone's talking about it book nice um and it was starting to think we just finished our GCSE so everyone's talking about what they're going to do for their A-levels and planning you know they're going to start getting jobs saving for their gap year and the main thing that struck me from that is the main message that comes from the book is everyone goes travelling wanting to do something different and everyone does the same thing mm-hmm. um and that kind of really struck me I've been quite fortunate in when I was little, I managed to. We had friends with a house in France, so when I went over to France, it was in rural Normandy. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't in all the tourist places. It wasn't a heavy tourist area, so it was proper France. And we went down to the south of France and high places and stuff with our friends, and they really good at French and things like that. And when we went to Greece, mum and dad are, are quite, you know, they're not stupidly well travelled or anything like that. But when they go abroad, they don't want to go to pubs and bars. Like they hear English, they want to go and have the local food and the local atmosphere. So it related to how I was used to being abroad, mm. which is 
I don't want to go to Thailand and, and do the, all the, do the thing and eat and hang out with a, yeah, hang out with a bunch of <laughs> white English people who are nineteen yeah. doing. The I mean, same I thing. say that my first ever KFC was in Beijing, but that's another story. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to be fair, that's, that is kind of a weird place to have your first ever KFC. Like, that's not the norm. So you still win that. <laughs> wow. Most people are like the local shopping arcade on a Saturday when mums drop them off at 12 and they'll pick them up at three and you have a KFC or a McDonald's. But no, Beijing. Beijing. So you connected to, like, Richard's desire to have, like, a crazy different authentic experience and want to do something really, really weird. It's... Uh, yeah, and it's kind of, it's not even at the start that he's desperate to do something really yeah, he different. he falls into it he kind by of a really he just, way. He just identifies yeah. the fact that here we all are, all wanting to do something different, and we're all doing the same shit. Yeah. Um. So then one night, he hears this guy in the next room come back. Guy turns out to be called Daffy. Um, this, this book will probably come up with spoilers if you haven't read it by now you've had plenty of time <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have at least seen the film yeah um, and it, well if you've seen the film things I'm going to say and people I'm going to mention you don't even know exist or happen so really um, mm, I'm going to go wa- I feel like I I'm going like to watch this film now just to see just to see yeah. how yeah. different it is so he meets Daffy he has this weird conversation about Daffy Daffy's Scottish so he thinks Daffy's talking about a bitch turns out it's beach <laughs> Ah, the Glaswegian accent. Yeah, I love it. So romantic. Um, <laughs> I think so. So, as it transpires in the story, Daffy is one of the founders of the beach, um, which is, as Sal puts it, a beach resort for people who don't like beach resorts. <laughs> and Daffy leaves and is upset because more people are starting to turn up. Some people are finding the beach by themselves or they're bringing people back when they go and hit the mainland to restock, restock supplies and he just starts getting disillusioned by the fact that that's happening and that's part of the reason why he leaves and he ends up killing himself before he's killed himself he's left a map for Richard on how to find the beach Daffy kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy as well mm-hmm. in that you can't keep anything secret someone's always going to find it and you know he says there's cancer in the corals and but he's kind of part of that so he meets up with two other travellers, just randomly tells them about it. They decide to make a break for all together, Francois and Etienne. Yeah. So that's that's how it goes. And he starts to become disillusioned with life on the beach once they get there. They, they, they make it, they get there. He starts to become a bit disillusioned on how things are run. And it's the leader kind of has a protector at any risks cost. Mm-hmm. You know, anything goes. What you learn about the beach is that it's shared with some Thai pot farmers. <laughs> so they're kind Thai of like, pot farmers. They're they're cool with them being there. They of come the to an ceramic kind. No. <laughs> no. Oh, pottery! A pottery farm. <laughs> oh, don't you get me started on pottery throwdown? So the farmers are, are cool with them being there as long as they don't bring any more people. Richard, when they're just before they leave for the beach, meets two American travelers called Zeph and Sammy. And I can I being the person that I am, kind of miss risk averse, get where he's coming from with this. He suddenly realizes they're going off into the middle of this park where apparently no one knows where they are. They don't even know if this place actually exists. They might not even make it because they know they're gonna have to swim. So it's just kind of a last ditch. Yeah. I want someone to know where I'm going just in case. Yeah. 
So he just leaves them a rough copy of the map and was like, if you don't, if we're not back in three days, you know we've made it. And that's that. So he's also passed on the map. And now um, this is kind of looming overhead for the rest of the story. And then like, that oh, becomes a bigger and bigger issue in, in the story as it goes on. And then it all culminates in... <laughs> in Manning. what? I don't even know what it culminates in. <laughs> it's literally one of those books. So, like, I... One of the things, one of the things I really, really enjoyed about this book was the readability. Mm. Like it's broken up into these like yeah, lovely yeah. little vignettes, yeah. and like it's it bumps so, along. Really oh my goodness, late. it's so yeah. easy to read. Like yeah. I really, really, really love the way that it's structured. So it's like a few pages. It's one of those things where, you know, I don't know if you're this type of reader, but it's very like, oh, I'll just read till the next part, yeah. and yeah. then it's so short. You're like, oh, and I'll oh, do another, another one. one. So you just whip through it. But it was just like plodding along. I was kind of like for a while, like what. What's gonna happen? Like something gonna get surely some rice. will happen. They're doing some fishing. There's rice. There's fishing. There's like some vague sexual tension between two characters. There's some football. There's yeah. a bit of football. Um, there's a Game Boy. And there's, then, a game there's a Game Boy. It is very 90s. It's so 90s. <laughs> this is if ever there was a book about 90s white people, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's it's all kind of plodding along, and like you up Beck warned me because she she'd read it long before I did. She's like, oh just. Just wait. And it's one of those books suddenly in the last, what, like 150 pages. Yeah. You're like, what the hell just yeah. happened? Yeah. And I still don't know. I'm still so baffled. There's, there's some shitting. <laughs> oh, there's so much shitting. There's oh, so that much was the shitting. other part. Like, what part are you at? I'm like, everyone just shit themselves. <laughs> I can't wait for that part of the there's film. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. It literally Funny it enough, long. that doesn't feature. Oh, thank God. <laughs> they probably were just like, how do some we do things it? people yeah. can't watch. But it does, like, it, it bobs along and nothing's really happening. It's just like, they're just sort of plodding around a speech. And then there's a lot of shitting and then it goes insane. And you're just like, what? Like, Never. There's a little, there's a How? bit of a gap between the poo and <laughs> the insanity. <laughs> Things settle back down. Things go. I mean, back there's a lot of passive along. aggression in that period there between what's his face, bugs, quack, <laughs> bugs. <laughs> Not quack. He's dead. There is. Bugs. There is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of rifts. There's rifts yeah. between the the the, the fractures. Are, the fractures are there. Yeah. yeah. To be fair. Richard at in at the shilling point is an obnoxious he dickhead. So oh, isn't dickhead. he? Honestly, oh, he I was definitely was on a, Bugs's team at that point. I wasn't on either of their team. I found it no, like I don't like Bugs either. I, no, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I feel like Richard is not a super likable character. Like he's a bit. He's very self-involved. Yeah, he's he's not very nice. He's not very nice. You love him though. No, no, I don't. I don't love him, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is I a don't, safe space. <laughs> I don't. I don't love him because there are times he's just an idiot. Oh my god, he's an idiot. But he kind of he wants to do the right thing sometimes, not always. <laughs> the bugs incident. But there are times he wants to do the right thing, like the leaving the map for Zeph and Sammy, yeah. and and then realizing the implications of that. And he's like, "I've got to fix this," which is where yeah. he really starts coming out of his tree. Um, <laughs> I think he's like, yeah, I think he's a bit held back his... by his arrogance because there's times when he does go to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, like when he goes looking for the other Swede, like he's yeah. the only one that does it. Yeah, but he yeah. kind of also is doing it in such an arrogant way yeah. that like, you're like, I'm going to be the hero. Oh, it's gonna... a bit like I can see that I you're doing the right he's thing. He's like a lot of twenty-five-year-old yeah. guys I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. are just like, oh, I'm this really nice guy, but I can't let anyone know. I'm yeah, I killed a shark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I'm going to tell you the story about how I killed the shark for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I plunged into his mouth face and like, <laughs> just. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is a bizarre book. It is a, and and that's why, because normally we we've the guests that we've had on the podcast, and the books that we've read, there's. There's like kind of an obvious like there's like a moral thread that's really heartwarming or whatever. This one doesn't have that, which is why I was really curious. Although that bizarre Goodreads review where that guy was like, it's about maternalization and globalism and the fractures. And so I was like, dude, you have had way too much weed if you think that that is what this book is about. Maybe he went to the pot farm. <laughs> well, he this is the thing. I was, I've been messaging Alison since I agreed to the podcast and told her what the book was going to be. Yeah. I've been freaking out about doing the book because all the books that have gone before, with I, she keeps going back. You like you listen to Grinny, right? <laughs> but I love Grinny. <laughs> even that had like clever stuff. They're like what I call intelligent books. They've got this like serious stuff, and I'm like, this is pulp fiction. This is yeah. airport literature, which is my bad. I am a genre junkie. I read what I read. I someone dies and it's a crime. I'm your girl. <laughs> You know, occasionally when I get to the airport, I will break out into something a little bit different. Um, but generally not very far, as is the case in point, people die. Yeah. Still. yeah. I just didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Um, pleasant, it was a, a lucky reward. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, there is a death. <laughs> Joy is me. So, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's not got some great big serious message. It's an entertaining book, but it's funny what you take out of it. Yeah. So I really liked the bit. There's a bit in it when when Richard talks about travel and how it's just an escape for him. And his first breakup, he just booked a flight, got on a plane, and that was when he fell in love with travel. There was something about how he talked about Asia and that that made me want to go. Not go how everyone else goes, but just made me want to go there. So when I had the opportunity to go to... So not long after I read that, we had the opportunity to go to China with school for three weeks and then Mandarin for three weeks in Beijing. So that coincided with Asia. Then I had the opportunity to go to Nepal and do a trip to Nepal. And this is where I became a bit of a travel snob. Mm. Because when we went to Nepal, we were we were staying in a, like an eco-resort, sort of eco-tourism resort. But we were doing community work, so we were in the foothills of the Himalayas. And we we're doing community work, so we were spending a lot of time with the local people and really seeing. So we had fleeting days in Kathmandu, and then we were out and seeing what it was really like out there, not on the base camp trail, not on any of the trekking trails or anything like that. And I was like, I like this. This is how I want to travel. I don't want to be surrounded by loads of people. This is what I like getting out there. So I became. It was, bit of a travel snob really <laughs> in that I just want to get out and be where the local people are when I do stuff yeah if it's I more can authentic experience mm. like you want to it's just see that's the where the culture place. I just find that's where the culture really is you're not getting this kind of pseudo tourist impression of what the culture is yeah. it's where you really get what they're like in their hospitality and their care I mean I had we trekked up to this spring because we were trying to bring a pipe from this spring down to the schools, so they had fresh drinking water at the school. And honestly, this trek—and I was fitter then than I was now—and that trek up that mountain nearly killed me. I didn't think I was going to get there at one point. I was like, "I'm just going to sit here in the shade. I've got water. You guys carry on. Pick me up on the way back." 
And they went, and then these Nepalese guys are literally going up and down the side of this mountain, not even on the path, in flip-flops. Ugh. Wow. And it's insane. And they were so worried about me. <laughs> they, but they were so caring. They went scampering off down the mountainside ahead of me with a machete and came back with a stick that they'd gone to find the Aww. right sort of stick to help me get back down. That's Aww. so nice. It was the most... The, we went to... There was a little local family with a shop just in the middle of nowhere that sold the best Fanta. It had all the E-numbers. It was fluorescent <laughs> orange. It was amazing. Um, but they let us use her house and their fire and their utensils and everything to cook lunch for us on the site where we were doing the work at the school. So we went up there and I was cooking with her and with her kids and playing with her kids and her family and they were teaching us how they pan the rice and get rid of the unhusked grains of rice and it was just the most phenomenal experience. Mm. And it's kind of a little bit, there was a little bit of that when I did that trip that that was when the beach really came back to me because it's like, yeah, I get why they make their... Even though they weren't experiencing rubber time, I could get where they made their little enclave and felt like they were doing something yeah. themselves. Just It was just missing the actual Thai people. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's that kind of thing. And it was like, yeah, that's the different stuff. That's what you should be getting out and doing. But it was just the most amazing experience. And yeah, in a weird way, that really brought the book home. Hmm in that by doing not what they did it was i get it that's so interesting that, that makes sense yeah i get that that makes sense to me and i totally like i've never done the i'm going to backpack to every country in the world with all of the other people, people. that are doing the same thing i've never had any interest in doing that for the same reason like i i it's predictable and i literally to the point where i've met people and i can tell that they've done that because it's so predictable. It's like, I bet you took a gap year in this too and you went here, here, here. And I I always get it right because they have the same stories and I've yeah. met the people that have done this and their experiences come from the same place and it's like, oh, that's so boring. Be a person. Like, have have some thoughts and ideas of your own yeah. and go off somewhere else and experience something and grow rather than, like, following everyone else and doing the done thing and living out of your backpack for three weeks and blah, 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 and having 50p beers in China. Like, ugh, ugh. It's so dull. And then you just end up with these carbon copy people who experiences are all the same. Yeah. And it's not interesting. And I I did like that about the book, that they had sort of identified that they weren't enjoying that and didn't want that. And it felt tired and it felt like they weren't learning anything from it. They weren't growing as people. They weren't really experiencing any kind of life. And they went off to do something themselves. And I definitely connected with that because I've never done that. And I've always done that thing of ending up. I remember once um, being in a tiny little town outside Prague and trying to get some food and obviously not speaking any of the language because I'm a terrible person um, <laughs> and trying to understand what was on the menu and one of the, the women who was like waitressing was like, oh, the chef, he worked in um, England so he can speak English so he can come out and tell you and this lovely man came out and was like, yes, so uh, this is chicken in cornflakes <laughs> me and my brother just burst out laughing we're like chicken it we will have, have the chicken, chicken in cornflakes corn <laughs> they just really wanted to see what the fuck was going to turn up was it going to be like a bowl of cornflakes and he meant like chicken coated like breaded, yeah, bread yeah. breaded but I just loved that thing of like and that's always stuck with me yeah. chicken in cornflakes in this tiny little 
ramshackle restaurant, which I'm pretty sure actually was someone's front room, <laughs> in like the middle of a little village in the middle of the hills. And it's in, probably one of the best know. meals you've ever had. It was amazing. Yeah. It was incredible. And three of us were fed for like seven quid. Yeah. It was beautiful. And the people were lovely. And they loved that we were there. They yeah. loved that people had even bothered to stop in this sleepy little town. town. I call it a town. It was like five buildings yeah you know and we stayed and then we camped like up the road and it was lovely and i don't really remember what like the pragi bit was because we didn't other than a really good sandwich i had that time in the center but i don't really remember prague i do remember waking up in the morning and the sun rising and whoever's field it was we were camping in and i I remember the chicken and (laughs) cornflakes so well and i remember that man and i remember how happy he was to be speaking english and to be speaking to us and that stayed with me yeah and i like learned something from that so i totally get that experience of going out there meeting people and learning and growing because of that experience rather than just ticking off the boxes and i've been to 20 countries great but actually have you though or have you just like dotted around 20 20 international mcdonald's (laughs) literally yeah so yeah i I, and i definitely got that from the book as well so would you if a map was tacked to your door by a really strange man no <laughs> I was asking Lucy actually Lucy the answer is no look after yourself <laughs> I think Alison knows exactly my answer to this which would probably be if I was on my own no mm-hmm. if I was dragging her along for the ride oh, damn probably <laughs> you're both going to die <laughs> yeah but we would be together it would be fine you you are going to die If also if any sentence starts with would you something a strange man the answer <laughs> is no it doesn't matter what the something is the answer is always no people okay. but I wasn't going anywhere with the strange man he that's just left his dad yeah. oh, so that's okay strange dead man the, the strange man is definitely not sending you somewhere where there are other strange just, people there's no vulnerability there I mean, most of the people on the island were fine to be fair you guys are not going to make it to 40 I mean <laughs> unhygienic seems really sweet oh yeah <laughs> Okay, but th- really my question is, like, would you, if you had the opportunity to go to the beach, would you Would you go? Would you want to go? I don't know if I would. I think I'd be too scared. I'm yeah. not one for roughing it. I can't swim. I can't so, swim either. <laughs> I would not get far on that trip. <laughs> like, you and I, I would be dragging tied. you two behind me. <laughs> just I hope you're really strong swimmer. We'd have bin bags tied to us. <laughs> just, like, flop into the water. <laughs> And hope for the best. Doggy paddle your way across. You would be fucked. I just don't like beaches. So. I don't like beaches either. I'm yeah. Well, see, this would be my, my area. This this is the big deciding issue. Mm. Is, is beaches have crabs and lobsters in the water and, and sharks. The beaches. The shark, I can I can deal with the shark. Oh, you're cool with can, a shark. A shark that, that can eat your face, but a crab that will bite your toe. Okay, weird weird choice. But fine. Alison knows me well enough. I was walking through <laughs> Chinatown earlier and someone had their seafood delivery and there was a massive big tray of live lobsters. I nearly cacked my pants. Because <laughs> <laughs> I nearly fell over it, which meant would have been in it. Oh, God. So you you couldn't, you couldn't handle the beach. I would saying. struggle. <laughs> you wouldn't be on the fishing team. Maybe the gardening team. <laughs> oh, yeah, the carpentry team. Uh, no, no, we're no good with tools, really. Okay. And I wouldn't want to work with bugs. Like so maybe the question dick. is, could the beach handle you? <laughs> because Probably you ju- not. If you're just sat there on a Game Boy, you're not really contributing to the community. See, I... 
Jed is the character I probably identify with mm. most. I liked Jed. Like, he I love seemed him like an dearly. actual good guy. Yep. I'm one of these end. people. Yeah. I'm kind of quite independent. I don't always just run with the crowds. Going off to uni, my friends were looking at me. I was like, well, I'm going here and you're going there. And it was fine, we can meet up. I went three hours up north to Middlesbrough. <laughs> no one was nowhere near anyone. I'm going to go in the opposite direction to all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Later. <laughs> nice knowing you. It's been great. Yeah. Meet you on the beach. <laughs> or not <laughs> um, but that's the thing I say being around lots of people like that all that sort of time I would be like I would yeah, be happy I agree entirely. that I would be yeah. off up yeah yeah the effort to get up there seems like a lot but I would be up <laughs> and away and having some time to myself yeah yeah that, um, that would definitely be one of my main issues would be I do like being on my own and yeah. the idea that I would be around people 24 hours oh, and I and couldn't sleep, get away I would need a tent uh, sleeping in that long house with everyone yeah. you know there's someone that's gonna snore and you're gonna want to kill them yeah yeah I, I would struggle to be around people that much yeah. and for there to be no out like you know yeah. it's not like i can hop on a boat and go and have a day to myself that i that yeah, yeah. i would not cope i would well get with that. really claustrophobic in that sort of scenario yeah. i'd love to go and yeah it's a nice beach resort a couple of weeks time out away from no one wicked bye yeah I'll see you in a yeah. year <laughs> i'm done <laughs> it's been great i've had my time yeah no you're all annoying me. me now i'll see you in 12 months <laughs> yeah i'm 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 not a people person <laughs> and also my cats would not do well on a beach oh no Luna would probably they be fine. They might have a lot of fun. It's like one giant litter box. Yeah. <laughs> Shells to play with. Um, I'm just trying to think of where to go from here. <laughs> Somewhere alone, I think. Would be the answer to that. <laughs> We've been together too long now. And that's, um, and that's my biggest <coughs> issue that I have with the movie. Jed is a really key character. I think in the mm, book, yeah, totally. Because he finds the beach all by himself. He hasn't been brought there by anyone else. He is a complete rank outsider and is treated as such. Yeah, but he is one of the most caring and compassionate people on there. He's not ruthless. He's not completely oblivious to the outside world and the fact that they may have to return or they have to interact with it. He's not in the little beach bubble that the rest of them are in. And I find him in the book incredibly crucial to a lot of those key events that happen and in the film he does doesn't exist he's just erased really wow and different characters kind of take the key role in certain different scenarios um uh etienne becomes the person that's looking after christo in the tent oh she did kitty is the guy that meets them at the waterfall what um why but why would you not just have jed I and this is this is my biggest <laughs> issue with the, the film. Film. Danny Boyle directed is it. it. Danny Boyle directed. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know who did the screenplay, yeah. but that has always been my biggest issue: is that Jed is just erased. He's like completely. for me was completely the linchpin of like he was the he's character. An anchor. He's absolutely, and I I liked him. Like he was the one character that I quite like you. I think you're a decent person. Yeah. I think you're treated awfully, and it makes me hate everyone else. But when he's looking after Crystal, it's like you're. Yeah. You're going a bit mad, but you're doing it out of care. Like, and yeah. you are a genuine person. And, and he tempers Richard yeah. a yeah. lot. A lot. Yeah. Why on earth would you get rid of, like, the... We demand answers. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Boyle, if you're there, <laughs> please... He's definitely. And we do, do apologise, Alex Garland, if you were involved in the screenplay at all at any point in that. I love your book, but if you were involved in the screenplay for the film, I, ha- I need answers. I feel yeah. like if you wrote the book, then you would know that Jed was important. And you probably wouldn't get rid of him in the film. Well, I would have hoped not. But if you not. did, 
you have a lot to answer we need for. to mm. please explain that one yeah mm. we'll reach out Tilda Swinton is the only redeeming factor of that film. Tilda Swinton really helped me with this book. Because yeah. halfway through, someone said to me, Tilda Swinton plays Sal. And then the rest of the time I read it, I was picturing Sal as yeah. Tilda Swinton. And when I watched the film after I'd read the book, it was just the most perfect casting yeah. for Sal. It was how I pictured her in my head all along. That sort of calm, authoritative, yeah. upright I could... posture and presence yeah. that Tilda has. And Which I could exactly see that. how Hyatt pictured Sal in the book. Yeah. So that was the, the, the one thing about the yeah. film that Beck I told me that when I was just starting to read it or just before I started reading it. So I pick, I was like, Tilda Swinton, goddess of life, <laughs> yeah. can yeah. do no wrong. Now now I'm picturing this. And so for, I'm, yeah. I loved Sal immediately because it's like, yeah. oh, yes, it's Tilda. She's and here. even like the way like she would say things, I would imagine Tilda Swinton like, in that really like calm but authority. And I, I really like yeah. changed how I connected with that character as well. I still don't like, like Sal as a character I though. I, yeah, I didn't like her. Um, yeah. But I understood her more yes. when I knew she was Tilda. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Tilda <laughs> Thank Swinton. Thank you, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Shout you're, out. You're a goddess. If, if, if you're here, yeah. then... <laughs> we love you. <laughs> she is. We love you. <laughs> also come on the podcast. Please. Yeah, please do. Dream you, guest. You, you have amazing hair. What oh. else do I love about her? Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. This has now become <laughs> the Tilda, Tilda Swinton <laughs> Appreciation <laughs> Podcast. Woo! Uh, I've um, listened to that too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so all this said, Lucy, who would you recommend this book to and why? Anyone who's thinking of having a gap year. I think. <laughs> no, genuinely. Yeah, that's good. I think yeah. it's it's really important when you're having a gap year. I know a lot of people who've had their gap year who kind of feel they've wasted it. Yeah. Because they just went and did stuff. Didn't really get anything out of it. Um, I think a lot can be said for having your gap year when you're a bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still love to do a gap year, but I need a lot of money because I need to do it in some comfort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've um, seen some of the hostels. I was, yeah, mm, I am too. Old I've for heard a stories of, of <laughs> hostel backpacking hostel. I, I couldn't yeah. cope with that shit. Yeah, I'd have to if it's hostels at least have a private room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so yeah, anyone thinking of doing uh, having a gap year? I think anyone read it. If anyone can read it. It's just a really easy book, and if you like a book with a what the hell ending? <laughs> this is definitely the book. Because oh, yeah, you, this is this is that book. Don't see it coming. Even reading it again now, and I've read it so many times, I've had a really big gap between reading it and then re- rereading it for this podcast. And I know what's coming, and I know the point that it's coming, and I was reading it again, <laughs> it still hits you like a lorry at the side of the head. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'd forgotten it didn't ramp it doesn't ramp up it just hits yeah it doesn't it's there, there's no final warming it's boom there yeah. it is yeah. <laughs> and it hits and it hits and it hits yeah. you're like what, <laughs> like, what is it happening? just gets crazier and crazier and crazier uh, i'd say the vi- the the ending is a lot less violent in the film interesting yeah I, i'm curious to watch the film just to see now do they the just differences. like do it with a post it note like lads <laughs> just enough yeah you've been told <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, there are there are guns. It's 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 they don't have quite the same tripped out ending, so it's a lot less violent. Um, they change. It's that I like how they changed it. Okay. So they didn't have the big in at the end of the book. In this part, of the reason it gets so violent is because in their attempt to escape and get away from the beach without being noticed, they they put a load of weed in the food that's being cooked. So everyone's tripping out. 
only they're all tripping out a lot harder than they expect. So then when the bad stuff starts, yeah. they all go... It's fucking mental. It's, <laughs> it's just like then one big trip, whether, you, whether you're high or not. Um, and it all gets just super crazy and messy and weird. And they flip it around in the movie to just how far Sal will go to protect the beach. Mm. And then when people see what Richard and, and the other guys have known for a while, which is why they're thinking of they need to get away, when everyone else sees one way or the other, they know it's the end. Mm. If Whether she does or she doesn't, it's the end of the beach. Yeah. If she does it, they see what she's capable of, they want out. If she doesn't, they know it's ruined because more people are just going to keep coming. Yeah, It's lose-lose. And so that's quite a clever way of getting around. Sounds like a very happy ending. ending. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take a moment to talk about your copy of the book? Which is oh. one of the most depressing things I've ever seen in print. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we will put this on the socials. It's so on Instagram. Sad. So if you've see, ever loved see, a book. I have fond affection for that because that is my original copy. I treated myself to the 25th anniversary copy for for this. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I thought, to be honest, it was because I thought my original copy was in a lot worse shape than it actually <laughs> was. Um, but that is my original copy. And, and I know your guy's feeling on it, but it that version will always hold a special place in my heart because I was in my I love Leo phase as well at that point. Fair. That is completely fair. However. However. <laughs> um, Just talk us through from front to back. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting here looking at Lucy and Beck's copies. They both have the beautiful, lovely uh, sunset orange uh, 25th anniversary copy of the book, which is what I thought I was getting when I purchased mine on World of Books, even though, of course, it does have a disclaimer like, the cover pictured may not be what you get, but historically, I've always got what was pictured. Yeah. There has not been cause to doubt World of Books no. thus far. And I still love World of Books, but this, they really let me down. Um, so what I got <laughs> in the post was a bizarrely sized, very short, stout, squat paperback. That's airport size. Thank you. We were wondering what this mm-hmm. what this was um it's it's airport it's, it's airport, airport print um <laughs> back pocket print <laughs> yeah you could i mean you'd have to have a quite spacious back pocket because it's quite hefty but um it has a silhouette it's of, the movie tie-in version let's let's get that out there so it's a movie version cover uh so you've got leonardo a very young leonardo dicaprio looking up very young in it <laughs> at the sky um but the worst part the worst part about it. So as a rule, I hate books. Even if I love the film, I hate the cover with the yeah. film on it. Like yeah. that a book goes is for a anything. Book, people, Carol, a book is a book. still Alice, Wild, whatever. Like I don't want Reese Witherspoon's face yeah. on the cover of Wild. Love the film. Like yeah. I want the, the original I want the cover actual art. book. Yeah. So fine, great, whatever. Leonardo DiCaprio. Blech. Uh Sorry, Lucy. <laughs> the worst part is that. For some reason, as if it's an autobiography, which it's not, um, in the middle of the book, there is a small section, about four pages, of photo, poorly edited as well. Like, who put this together? It's like MS Paint. Um, what is this? That's Daffy. I Robert, knew it was Daffy. It is Robert, Daffy. Robert Carlyle, I'm sorry, is amazing as Daffy. It's a short but wonderful 
That's fine. Bit of a is why is there a color? picture of him in the is middle of my e- novel? Is it, <laughs> is it not even in between sections? It's like literally. No, no it's, it's literally it's just... in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> there it is. Like, I couldn't quite near the end of a part. There are four pages, inexplicably, of photos from the Stills film. Stills from the movie. And, like, not even anything where... Also, spoiler, you yeah. know? Yeah. There's some blood yeah. on the beach that, like, I'm not there oh, yet. Oh, yeah, that's an epic spoiler. That's way before that yeah. happens. It's, it's... Why? I just... I don't I've know. I've never I seen anything like, like this. Not even at the end of the section. <laughs> that's ridiculous. No. Who published this? Penguin Fiction. Guys. What the fuck this is, is this? terrible. <laughs> I will put this on Instagram. I will, I will is, share the horror. It, Sorry what's once again. What's the sentence? <laughs> Can you read the sentence before? The sentence before. Yeah, you will, he nodded thoughtfully. Then he patted Kitty. <laughs> photo page, photo page, photo page. On the back. <laughs> And the best bit is, I've never noticed this before, but I That's checked amazing. mine, and mine is the same. It is exactly the is same. It? And it's just like, you are a third of a page, two thirds of a page from the end of the chapter. Just put the photos there. Why? <laughs> he so... patted Kitty, photo, photo, spoiler, photo, 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 spoiler, on the back. Penguin. Also, it's not like it's a bad like Penguin. You're quite well known Penguin for publishing books, right? Yeah. You've been doing it a while, and no one on your copywriting picked up that in the middle of a sentence you were putting oh. spoiler photos. So, I and just weirdly positioned photos. That's hilarious. I'm really sorry. <laughs> that is the worst book I've ever seen. Honestly, the it's rage bad. message I got from Alison when <laughs> her copy arrived. I just got, Beck got the pretty version. You did. (laughs) I got this. (laughs) I'm sorry. And normally I like to keep. That's going to a charity. This is going away. I like to keep (laughs) the copies of all the books that we've done on the podcast. But I'm not keeping this one. You can have my pretty one. I'm not taking your pretty one. I will buy myself. I literally almost went, just because I started reading this, I was embarrassed to read it on the train. (laughs) I almost went into foils and bought one. Because I'm like, oh, I'm reading a Leonardo DiCaprio book. I'm 33 years old. What is this? Did you put it in another dust cover? I wanted to put it in a dust cover. There's a use for your dust covers this to hide is, this is the fact that, that you're reading Twilight and or Leonardo DiCaprio this fan fiction also, on the train. This is like the way the Kindle sales went up when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. This is, like, this is also why I hate books with like pictures of film. Because like, I read books because I love the books. I very rarely am like see a film like, oh, I'm going to read. I, I hate the Speaking idea that snobbery. someone thinks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. no, but I do. I hate the idea that someone no, thinks same. that I got it because I liked the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Like, I, I read the book. <laughs> yeah. I, if there's a book of a movie, I will read the book. I will make the point of 100%. reading the book before I yeah. see the film. It's like, I don't care how desperately I want to see the other cinema. Yeah. It has I wait. to wait. I want the context. Yeah. I want the nuance that yeah. you can get I've, in a book. I've learned, yeah. I've learned from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I read this before I saw the film. I know. But it's it's never left me. <laughs> Just I can normally chill at the difference between a movie Yeah. And a book. Yeah. It's going to be different. It's fine. Like the Harry Potter ones, I know it really upsets a lot of people, but I'm like, the films are the films. They're their own thing. The books are the books. They're fine. Yeah. The travesty. Do you know what? I I can never, ever forgive. I feel the same. Now that we've gone completely (laughs) off the fucking rails, (laughs) which this podcast, this episode seems to do a lot, um, but in a good way. Um, I am very curious 
to see what quote. Oh, yeah. Because I really actually did enjoy a lot of the prose in this book. I enjoyed Alex Garland as a storyteller. I would read his other two books. Um, I have read The Tesseract, but I do not remember anything about it. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This has been a lot. This has been a lot. (laughs) Uh, What quote? Well, there's actually two. Oh. Surprise twist. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's the one that always stuck with me which was the main one that that stuck with me um, from when I first read it, which is around the time... So it's when Rich is talking about travel. On that trip, I learned something very important. Escaping through travel works. Almost from the moment I boarded my flight, life in England became meaningless. Seatbelt signs lit up, problems switched off. Broken armrests took precedence over broken hearts, and by the time the plane was airborne, I'd forgotten England even existed. Love that. That came back to me so hard when I went to Bali the first time, which was after a really difficult period in my life. So I was suffering, I had been suffering quite a lot with depression. I'd had quite a lot of stress in my previous job. And I started a new job, made this amazing friend at work, and just what turned into a, we were talking about doing this trip to Bali in like a couple of years, turned out to doing it then that summer. Um, And it was just what I needed at that time relationships had come to an end, new job had started, it was this whole new chapter. And I remember sitting on the boat on the way over to the Gilly Islands from Bali and that quote came into my head. I was like, yeah, I've forgotten everything. All the drama that's been going on, it's all gone. So yeah, that is the main one that's always kind of stuck with me and just pops into my head randomly when I was travelling. Really, really love that. The other one that came to me when I was rereading for this is because I'm just about to start a new job at some point when the vetting <laughs> finally cleared. <laughs> um, but I'm going to have a, be a grown-up and commute into London and things. It'll be the worst thing that's ever happened to you. <laughs> no, she has so much more time to read. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And it's Richard talking about when they get to the beach and sort of in the clearing. He's like, I did feel like the new boy at school. I scanned the clearing as if it were the playground on my first day's lunch break, wondering what divisions and hierarchies would have to be learnt and which of the 30 or so faces would end up being friends. So with that, Richard's missed the first few days on the beach. He kind of yeah. was a bit ill when they first arrived and he's been kind of passed out for a day or so. So everyone else is kind of all settled in and he's now like a day or two behind everyone. And it's it's kind of that thing. I have grown up in, in my police force. You know, I started there at 21 and it's the only place I've worked, like a proper job doing different stuff. And now I'm moving to a different police force that's going to be... It's a very different setup. I'm going from the largest non-metropolitan force in the country to a police force that runs a, a square mile of a massive city. So it's going to be so different. And I am going to be the new kid at school. And it's going to be really weird. And the, yeah, so when I was rereading that came... That's came so out. awesome like, that mm. you reread a book that meant so much to you in one specific way and rereading it at a different yeah. time in your life, it can mean find you can find else. something else that you didn't yeah. see before. This is why I always wish I reread more of the books that I love because I, I don't often there's a couple that I do Same. and then there's others that I like look on the shelf and I know that's that thing as well like I know when I read this it got me and I loved it and I can remember little bits but I can't remember those bits that got me I just know that I loved it mm. and I can imagine if I reread it I would get something so completely especially ones that I read like 10 years ago yeah. you know because I'm a different person, person I've had yeah. more experiences my understanding of life is very very different to what it was then 
and I would I just like you've just described that thing of like this means something to me now that meant something to me then and this means something to yeah. me now and I don't do that enough I I very rarely because I want to read everything so I'm yeah, like I know. why yeah. would I read something I've already read and it was it was <laughs> nice that that the, the the quote about the the travel escape and the rest of it still struck such a mm. poignant chord mm. you know I read it at 16 not wanting to escape or anything just think that's nice <laughs> 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 I like the idea of you know getting away from it all you know, and, and travel being that. And it's like, yeah, it's nice when you go on holiday, isn't it? And you're away from home. <laughs> <laughs> and then to just be in that situation where it popped back into my head out of the middle of nowhere, years and years after I'd last read it. Um, it was nice. It was that thing. And I was like, oh, oh, I might have to reread that one day. And that was why it was the opportunity to reread it. So that was why I picked it which I know has been confusing the hell out of Alison for the last few weeks. And now, <laughs> now, now it now makes it complete makes sense. sense. And now we love it even more. And this is why we do the podcast. Yeah, this is my favorite thing about it. It's like yeah. at the end, you have a completely different perspective. Completely of the, different of you relationship to the book. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So I've been passionate as I was like, have you read it yet? What do you think? Like, she's going to hate it. And she's, she's not going to love it. it. And then just like, I like the book. I don't like the characters though, and I'm like, oh, I reckon <laughs> I can change your mind on one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I agree with you on Jed. Like yeah. I did. I genuinely yeah. really like Jed all the way. So he was like the one saving grace. Where I was like, I he's just a good guy, and I understand him. And yeah. all the others, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who? What? What? I don't. What? Everyone else <laughs> is the the people that really annoy me when I travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, I think, yeah. Totally. I think the rest that's of them are the people. Yeah. They're they're familiar I'm just characters. Like, yeah. Oh my god! They're all of the annoying things. Do something about different. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for choosing this book. Thank yeah. you for for teaching us a different way to look at it as well, and like, and what it meant to you. It now means something different to me yeah. too. So that's totally. what I love about this. Thank you for having me. Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if people want to like follow you on the interweb, do you have any like Twitters or socials you want to shout out? Uh, Merlin the Sprocker on Instagram. He's very <laughs> cute. I haven't put anything up of him for ages, but the photos are there from when he's a puppy and he's adorable mm. follow her dog yeah. anything else you want to say about time team or <laughs> <laughs> oy vey well Lucy you've been fantastic Thank obviously you. you and Beck have a lot to discuss <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to let our <laughs> listeners off the hook now um, thank you for listening if you want to be a uh, a guest if you have a book uh, if you want to talk about Queenie if you want to talk about Queenie honestly we would love 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 to talk about that please do but any any book at all um, I, as we've mentioned we are like really really looking for uh, a diverse cast of characters in our reads um, this season so get in touch uh, yaopod.com you can uh, apply to be a guest tell us about your book we would love to hear from you follow us on Instagram at yaopod on Twitter at yaopod on Facebook at Yalpod. You can't really add on Facebook, but yeah. Okay. Uh, join our Facebook group. Get in a discussion. Lucy's in there. Gail's in yeah. there. Hi, Hi Gail. Gail. We haven't <laughs> shouted her out in a while. Um, she messaged me last night. I was like, Mom, I miss you. And she's like, I've almost just finished the podcast and I'm going to like write in the group soon. I was like, Mom, I just wanted to tell you I missed you. I wasn't chasing you up. She's like, I know, I'm just saying. I'm like, okay, mom, I know you're still listening. It's fine. Because I'm like, get in the Facebook group, mom. Everybody wants to know what Gail thinks. <laughs> um, and of course, if you like what you're hearing, if you want to contribute financially, if you want to get some cool pin badges, uh, bookmarks, bonus content, which Lucy is a patron, so she can invest yeah. to read our monthly Read our monthly reads. Book reads. Yeah. Book reads. I don't know. Blog. Just read some Reviews. stuff. Some random shit will go words. in there. Caspian and Luna find out which books match their coats. Yeah. 
Very, very intriguing stuff. Uh, you can find us patreon.com slash yowpod. Uh, we would love for you to jump in there and help us to keep creating content for you guys. Uh, so, yeah. Until next time. Bye. Happy, bye. <laughs> <laughs> happy reading. We still don't happy have a bye. sign off. I like, <laughs> I like happy bye. <laughs> happy bye. Your Own Words is hosted by Alison Dunnings and Becky Graham. It is recorded in London at the Pitch Room in Runway East, Soho. Theme song by Natasha Pasternak. Read along with us at yowpod.com. <laughs>